0: James, man, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on board, brother. Thank you very much for, uh, for coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's,
0: it's, it's wicked, man. Good. You have, uh, well, I was just, just saying before the show even started, you've done some incredible things. And as of, as of late, it seems like nothing can stop you, which is like really, really fucking exciting for me. Like, it just seems like you're creeping from PB to PB at the moment and going from strength to strength. Um, but... Before we get into all that juicy stuff, I want to take it like I want to take it way, 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 way back because I think it's really interesting for for people uh, like yourself who have done incredible things and gone on this incredible journey. There is this like crazy, crazy learning curve and path from where you started to where you are now, and I want to take it way back to to obviously like uh to post accident. You've got like a, a decent amount of time, but before you actually start getting into the gym, during this time, did you did you experiment with with anything else before you came round to the gym? And if so, how was that like, almost like journey of rediscovery to an extent? Because I think like you'll be able to speak on it a little bit better than I can. Um, but obviously, everything changes overnight. Do you know what I mean? So like, how did that go?
1: So I, you know, I've been a presence on social media for a little while now, and. And luckily, I've had the, uh, the opportunity to impact some other people that have, um, you know, any kind of disability. They want to try to be an ad- adaptive athlete, whatever. And uh, the first thing that I tell them is that the hardest thing to do when you're starting off is to not compare yourself to where you were. And so, my, my, my first thing is you're as old as the accident happened or whatever the injury was. Oh. So basically, if your injury happened two years ago, you're two years old, right? You're starting over. It's it's the beginning of time, right? So so for me, I'm only 14 at this point. And uh, in that period of time, um, I've I've tried a bunch of different stuff. I've gone from different strength sports to different strength sports. I even tried to do some of the stuff that I did prior to being uh, injured. And um, I found myself in that situation where I, in the first couple of years, I was going back to doing Muay Thai. And, trying to do jujitsu and stuff. And I was comparing myself to where I was and it wasn't very healthy mentally to try to get back into the uh, swing of things. Um, and so in 2009, I ended up in Ohio in uh, um, the United States and the Ohio is sort of like this strange strength hub, right. Of, of the United States, right. All kinds of stuff happens here. you know, you got some of the biggest uh, powerlifting gyms in the world here. You've got, um, You've got the Arnold Classic, you know, that's been here for ages, yeah. and and it's just a different vibe in the in the Midwest when it comes to to strength, you know. We're in like an older part of the country. It's weird. When I've think,
0: actually heard that. I've heard that before from a few other people. So it's strange to actually hear you say it as well. It's like yeah. oh, okay, there's something to this. And so, and
1: when I when I ended up here is kind of where I I ended up uh, where I started to discover the strength side of sports. So you know that that really changed my. Uh, my whole existence at that point, because it, it gave me, uh, self-worth again, you know, I, cause basically everything before my injury was all you know hands, right? Like I was a, a mechanic in the Marine Corps. I was doing martial arts. I was, you know, like an avid outdoors guy. So I was doing backpacking, rock climbing, all this stuff, right. Which was sort of stripped, uh, in a sense it was stripped. It felt like it had been stripped, even mm-hmm. though that it's it, it, no matter how, you know, no matter how hard you think it is, eventually you'll find a way how to do it, you know? So, but that happened all a long time ago. So in uh, 2006, when I was hurt, there wasn't social media presence that there is now. Right. You know, so it was difficult to, uh, um, it was difficult to get started because everything I had to figure it out. Yeah. So like, and like I say, you know, going back to the initial start of this conversation, Mm -hmm. it was, now I am honored and, and blessed to be able to help other people, you know, move along faster. So, yeah, you know, that's that's really where you know where you feel you know most uh, accomplished. I think yeah. even though that the, even though as you say in these last couple of months, some crazy numbers have been coming out of me. And I don't, yeah, it's, actually, it's insane. You know, when, you know, I I can tell you exactly what happened and how this, and the reason why this crazy spike in strength has happened is um, about 20 weeks ago or so, 25, I don't know, months ago, I ran across, well, not initially, but I finally purchased a uh, a strap that attaches to your shoulder that allows you to, to deadlift with kind of like two hands, you know? Yeah. Uh, For the majority of my training, I hadn't really been able to train my posterior chain hamstrings glutes back and stuff all that much because i was only able to do whatever i could do one-handed and it put so much uh twisting torque on my midsection yeah that just can't you know you can't continuously do the work in a high enough capacity to to gain strength back there so it's also
0: so hard for you as well because you've only got that left side around as well so it's all like anti-trunk rotation but on one side of your body as well so for you you're always going to be limited bro do you know what i mean it's crazy
1: so what that has done though has given me this ridiculously stiff uh core like a like i can brace with this crazy amount of stiffness um which actually works out into sort of like a benefit anyway because when i squat I can't put both hands on the bar, but I can brace hard enough to where that really doesn't even matter. Like, I don't even have to pull, you know, I don't even need to lock down It's my a standing
0: back. leg press at that point.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's carried over quite drastically into the deadline, so... Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's, and, uh... it's crazy to see those numbers shoot up, man. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. It's really exciting, though. Like, it, it's, it's a case now where... I think even in this day and age like still finding those like those little hacks almost where it's like oh okay if I just change this and give myself like this full range of motion by you know using this implement then oh hey all of this stuff gets lit up that I just didn't have a chance to light up before and it's like dude how how many other things can we do this with to, to see what like true potential there is in there because I th- like I don't, I don't want to jinx anything, man, but it's like the, the numbers seem to consistently be moving up, and like, I would say you don't know, look like you're trying, but I think I think you could be trying a little bit harder with some of those pools, man, there's definitely more in the tank. I so, so stay tuned
1: for Static next year, because I plan to kind of blow that number right out the water that I yeah. did this year,
0: so. Yeah, that was crazy, so that was, uh, so 670 pounds?
1: It was 306 kilos. Yeah, yeah, madness
0: absolute fucking madness that
1: was uh that was completely raw too i didn't even have a suit on yet so uh, the, the next year next year i'm going straight into the suit and we'll see what happens that's bonkers <laughs> it's,
0: it's it's crazy no. but like going back to what you were saying before because i think this is really interesting how it ties in with like even now you're finding these things where you're like oh shit if i just do this then this has blown this up massively. So, like, you're still, even where you are with the numbers that you're putting out and the fucking crazy records that you hold in your own, like, little, uh, you know, top of your pedestal, it's like, oh, there's still so much more potential. And, like, when you go back to, like, obviously when everything first started with you, because you don't have Instagram, because you don't have social media, you don't have these people you can reach out to and be like, oh, here's this other dude that has the exact same thing that I do and he's doing what I want to do, so I'm just going to message him real quick and be like, yo, where'd you get your strap from? How'd you get your placement? Like, you didn't have any of that shit. So, like... Um,
1: Yeah, you have companies now that are making that equipment. That wasn't the case.
0: So what do you do? How did you do it? Yeah. Yeah, So, I just... Was it all just trial and error? Like, did anyone help you or to, like... Or was all of your coaching done from an able-bodied side of things, and you were just like, "I'ma just feel what feels right for me."
1: Yeah. So, so basically, I uh, I moved to Ohio. I started going back to the gym just to train, you know, do the bro training stuff, and I was just just doing basic lifting, bro uh, figuring figuring things out, you know. I was learning how to set up on the bench press with the full size bar and everything. Just just working out how to deadlift, what where my body should be, like all of that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, honestly, the, one of the big things too was before my, my accident, I wasn't doing any real major strength training. So like this, I had to learn, I learned everything one handed basically. <laughs> and, uh, oh my God. so, you know, I think that actually helped because I had no comparison and I was making, I was making physical gains that were coinciding with my, you know, my willpower. So like, not only was I getting stronger physically, but mentally I was getting stronger as well because they just sort of, they're intertwined, right? Like, you yes. can be as smart as you want, but if you strengthen your body, you'll be even smart. It's just, it's this, its a cycle, right? Like, so one feeds off the other and you can't have, you can't necessarily have one without, I think it's important to have both, right? So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right. And so that was giving me back confidence and just giving me the will to continue on because I was getting stronger and all of that, figuring things out. And, you know, it, that's, and I it just, it was, it literally was just trial and error pretty much in the entire time, including when I started because here's the, the first thing that I saw. So I, okay. So I, I did the bro gym stuff. Then I seen some guys at the gym doing some like, you know, uh, assist uh, bands, uh, uh, squat doing squats with like, yeah, I tension. remember. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, I remember me talking about this before. Yeah,
1: and so that really kind of sparked me to ask, "What the hell that was?" So then I got into powerlifting. <laughs> I did powerlifting for a while, and then eventually I saw a disabled strongman on Facebook. So I was like, "Okay, that looks cool," but the first thing I saw was stones, and I'm like, "Well, how the fuck am I supposed to do that?" that's the first thing that i see you know like what the hell how am i gonna do that one-handed anyway and then obviously the big thing for me was that's what i got good at i just it was just like you know what there's got to be a way to do this i've got to kneel to start i'll whatever put it and it was just you know i my technique has changed a little bit as i've uh, uh continued to do the atlas stones uh like i used to uh Post off of a different foot, yeah. Than I do now. Um, I don't know if it's the best technique, but it works pretty well for me. <laughs> and uh, you know, I guess I'm.
0: <laughs> You're doing fucking something right. You're doing something right.
1: <laughs> right. I guess I'm living proof that it doesn't really matter. I mean, it might seem impossible, but just keep trying, and eventually you'll figure yes. it out. You know?
0: Yes, this is it. This is it, and this is the thing. Like. Everyone gets so rigorous with all of this sort of stuff and you know, it's, you know, you have to have your foot foot feet in this position, you have to be set in this stance, you have to do this, you have to do that, and then it's like you come along and just blow all of that shit out of the water and everyone's like Or maybe we just we just do we just do however, however it feels good. Maybe we just do that. Right,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, no no individual is exactly the same. You know, the the, the philosophy behind the lifts and like you know the repetitions and strength curves and all this other stuff is still the same it's just nobody's body's exactly the same you know so like why why would every squat technique be the fucking same you know it's like (laughs) my foot position ain't the same as that guy so how is it you know and i I don't know i always found that strange it's kind of like you got to do it this way because that's the right way how do you know it's just maybe the way that's I mean I do I do lead some credence to like well okay if you're wearing equipment you know you got to do it's better to do it this way than that way but even then you know people have blown that out of the water too you know it's kind of as you say it's uh whatever works best for you
0: I, yeah that's what yeah, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's however yeah however you use the equipment with your body do you know what I mean like and and, and like you said Everyone's everyone's completely individualistic at the end of the day, you know. Some people are just better at moving in certain ranges of motion than other people. And then there are other people that just come along and just break down all of the, uh, the stereotypes. But hey, you know, good to be you, yeah. right? <laughs> but I'd like to make something completely clear. I am
1: not special at all. I am the same as every single other person out there. I just have no other choice. If you were in the same situation as me, had no choice, wanted to do this, you know, wanted to do strength sports, that's the way you have to do it. Yeah. So it's I, not like one-handed atlas stones is magically more, you know, is magically special comparatively to somebody else, right? Like it's just the way I have to do it and that's where I've gotten with it because I, you know, continuously work at it. Yeah. So
0: yeah, hundred percent. hundred percent. And and at the start, you know, especially getting into strongman, I think, you know, the the jump from power like from just kind of bro lifting to, to powerlifting is like that's a step. But, you know, the movements are very, very similar. You can replicate them in a the gym quite easily, you can get good at them, and then you come across to strongman and highland games shit and it's every fucking implement under the sun that is the most awkward size object diameter grip that you could possibly find like when you first start off how much actual event-based work were you doing and could you get your hands on and especially from the adaptive side of things and how much of it were you doing kind of more just general strengthening your body like you're talking about doing now maybe building up a little bit more of the posterior chain or your hammies or whatever it is that you were working on when you first kind of got going.
1: Um, so I've always kind of thought that it's better to be ready for anything, right? Cause you know, you, you might know what the events are for the, for the, uh, for the competition that you're going into, you know, it might just train those events, but what if the implements aren't delivered and they have to come up with something else? does that throw a wrench into your whole system now and you're going to fail your performance because oh um, well I didn't train for that so then you got all these little voices in your head telling you that you're going to get your ass kicked because you didn't do that you know
0: yeah. and so, that happens very often ladies and gents let's yeah. let's just put out that if anyone is listening to this and that has competed in one or two strong strong man strong woman events you will know events get changed last minute all the fucking time all the time. So I love that you've brought this even up.
1: The freaking adaptive community, <laughs> which is even more crazy. That right? is, that so, is insane because
0: you guys have yeah. to plan everything a lot more in advance than everyone else does because of the athletes and stuff turning up, right?
1: A lot of special needs for the equipment, right? Like seated deadlift has to have certain equipment, you know, like, uh, the seated, the seated athletes specifically have to have a lot of specific equipment, you know, to do, do do certain things. Cause the, the, uh, the, the, uh, um, Uh, the different events the events are quite a bit different you know uh, most most of them and they do a good job of of really trying to make everything kind of work for both classes really standard and standing and seated there's more classes than that but those are the general two right you're in either a seated class of some kind or a standing class of some kind and uh so you know they 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 i give promoters credit because it's not easy to to set up, and uh, um, they do, they do real well at trying to keep the events sort of intertwined with each other, you know, so it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, training-wise, though, I will, depending on the event, I will definitely train for the event. Don't get me wrong. I'm not insane, and don't do the event.
0: <laughs> you know, fuck the system. That,
1: that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying <laughs> is that i I will do those events, but I will also do all the rest of the events that maybe not necessarily are in there and in some sort of capacity as well. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I always do some kind of a squat, always do some kind of a deadlift. I do a carry of some sort, do a, you know, a static hold of some kind, do pulling, you know, tire flipping, all of that stuff, it, you know, in general will make you strong at most of the events, you know, so as long as you're training in some kind of good rotation there like with all of that stuff like you're you're gonna be fine in anything you do
0: yeah and listen are you doing all of your own programming is and is anyone doing a programming for you how do you work around that right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't really you know there's only a few things that i use i don't really do traditional programming i i really kind of go off a lot of how i feel
0: yeah. Dude, I love this shit. I love this. When someone comes along, they just break it down. Okay. So, so like it, it, w- w- you I just mean, cover I certain mean- lifts in a week and then everything outside of that is like, or it's just literally like, Hey, I just feel like squatting today. We're going to squat. Like
1: well, I do have a schedule, right? I do it like an upper day, a lower day, and then I've got, okay. you know, an event day. Um, and then I do, you know, rehab, cardio, shit on the other days and I do I do pay attention a lot to how hard I go on certain days it's gonna affect the next you know type of training and stuff like that I just don't <laughs> I've never had anything written down really that I that I follow that's not something that is in general so basically like I use it there's a like my buddy and I came, uh, and his uh, training partner one time came up with like this kind of deadlifting percentage six-week cycle that we will do to kind of peek into a an event Um, and, uh, yeah, I did that for, I did that for like three or four weeks leading into static and added 70 pounds to my, (laughs) to my, uh, my best. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think it had a lot to do with the implement too. Um, because I had been training with standard plates off of, uh, off of the 18 inch boxes and, uh, that, you know, with that shit behind me and, uh, the event actually had these big ass wheels, which I kind of felt like I don't know I could get in a little bit better position. I think. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, I know exactly what well, you mean.
1: You know, it was also the event, and um, I love to perform. I love I love having people watching, not because it's like an arrogance thing. It's like, oh, well, now I need to perform. Yeah. Right. Like it's I, I don't want to be a shitty show, so I'm going to I'm gonna go extra, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it works for me.
0: Yeah, you're like, you're like, it has to be all cards on the table now. Like It has to be everything or nothing because I don't want to look like a dick in front of all of these people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, but yeah, programming-wise, I don't really, I don't have anything written out all that far. I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to say that's dumb and probably be further along if you did and all that shit, but...
0: Dude, like, uh, uh, this is what I love more than anything in the world. Like, you know, just, you said, like, you've spoken about it on so many times already, but just in terms of, like, everyone being individualistic. And, like, this is the thing, I've spoken about it before on this podcast with an awesome guy called Andrew Locke, who's a physiotherapist from Australia. Um, And it's, like, no matter, like, even if you have what you think is, like, the most perfect airtight plan ever there will always be that one motherfucker that comes in and goes against everything that that stands for and still excels above and beyond <laughs> anything else but this is what i mean like it, it just it just validates your point even further that just do you like if you just do you like you can do these incredible things you don't have to be there on fucking microsoft excel at 2am trying to figure out percentiles of your next deadlift amrap like bro chill oh, the fuck but- out
1: Right. And the thing about that, too, is like a lot of people then get stuck into the into the mindset that you have to do whatever's on that programming day. What if what if you maybe maybe had some, you know, shitty sleep that night or you didn't quite eat enough? So you're not going to perform necessarily the same way. You have to you have to adjust. So and so like that's,
0: how, so how I mean, many years have you been lifting now? When did you actually start lifting? What year did you start lifting? 2010. But, so your training age is only 10 years. Like, to have that kind of, like, self-awareness and understanding for someone that's only been training for 10 years is incredible, dude. That's amazing. Well,
1: but the thing about that, though, too, is it's not necessarily this – I mean, that's as long as I've been doing strength training. But I've been doing all the other martial art training and all that uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that that was pretty much – that was pretty close to the same. It was just more oriented toward, like, you know, uh, endurance. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> technically, I've only been, I think, legitimately training since 2012. Really, maybe a few months before that. So,
0: what what makes you say legitimately training? Like, you didn't feel like you were putting in 100% before that, or
1: no, I hadn't been really training for any competitions. And I truly think that i, I a lot of, I did some personal. I, I was a personal trainer before that. uh Before I did powerlifting, which I absolutely hated <laughs>
0: <laughs> why well i'm just interested in what why did you like it
1: oh god it just people will you know they will just suck the soul right out of you any way they possibly can you know and and if and i was you know i was doing personal training in like a standard gym you know and those yeah. people there, they're 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 there to have you you know hold their hand and just guide them through this rather than they're, they're not there to learn and i was I wanted to teach I didn't want to you know I wasn't there to be your therapist
0: <laughs> yeah yeah dude that's that's literally it. it is 50% training 50% therapy
1: yeah and you know obviously personal training maybe like as a coach where you were training athletes be a whole different thing you know and maybe someday down the road depending how things go maybe I can train some you know adaptive athletes that are in similar situations give them some pointers and stuff but you know like I, I don't know. I I couldn't do that. So, Um, anyway, what was I talking about? (laughs) Where were we going with this?
0: Do you know what, dude? Um, I, 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 I've already gone down a rabbit hole in my head of a completely other different things (laughs) now.
1: Yeah. So, legitimately training, right?
0: Um, I say that because
1: I didn't have any competitions. Uh, When I started competing, I felt like I was really training because I had a goal. And that's and that's something that I always try to tell people. And I the reason why I talk about the personal training is because most people are like, well, I want to lose ten pounds, lose weight, blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, that's that doesn't that's not a really that's a goal, but it's not a good driver because you don't have to perform for anything. So if you say if you go, okay, well, I want to do a powerlifting competition or a CrossFit competition or a, anything, any type of competition where you're going to be help, <clears throat> you're going to have to hold yourself accountable. To perform in front of people you're gonna get that goal right yeah and so that's kind of where I always kind of go with that stuff so somebody asked me like oh how do I get strong how do I get this I don't know sign up for a powerlifting then you got no choice
0: (laughs) yeah dude it's like burning the bridges you're like well we got to win the war now cuz we ain't getting out of here that way
1: (laughs) so yeah that's kind of that was part of the whole uh, you know hatred toward personal training too it's like you know that just they don't have. There's no direct. They don't have any direction. They're just there to like lose weight. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whatever that means. <laughs> right.
1: Whatever that. Means, yeah. So. Yeah. It, but yeah, yeah. So in 2012 I... I had my first powerlifting meet, and I probably started in 2011 somewhere where I did a. Uh, what was I doing? 12 week workups to powerlifting meets. So I did use programming for those. Like if there's a specific meet that I have, like powerlifting specifically, I will program myself out. Like. I don't know. I think it was 12 weeks, like three months. And I would use, um, periodized t- training. So I would, you know, accumulation and, uh, realization and intensification and all that stuff. Right. So I would build my, you know, my, my wave through those three months and then peak hopefully <laughs> at the meet. And, uh, so I'll, I did use some programming for that, and I would get in the XLS and push myself back, but that was in a period of time where I was in that mode where I had to do whatever was on that damn list, and I would get toward like, you know, week ten where I was doing a double at ninety something percent, right? And it would be like soul crushing. I'm like, why can't I do this? You know, because you just you didn't pay attention to your body throughout the rest of the training, and so I kind of let that go, and I started doing the strongman, and I realized that in strongman. You could do all that special training, that special, you know, uh, 12-week programs and all that stuff. But in the end, if you're not just strong, period, and they change an event, done. (laughs) Yeah, dude.
0: It's so true. It's so, so, so true. And I think it's really interesting that you talk about that as well because... Again, I think, you know, Strongman in itself kind of stands out, Well, and Highland Games to an extent, stands out as individuals in the strength sports field because I feel that they are inherently that much harder to program for because, of course, there is such a vast array of events. If you have, you know, especially, you'll know about this, competitions sometimes, like, over here, especially in the summertime, we can have, like... Two, two competitions in a month, you know, three competitions in a month, four competitions in a month. You are going like a week between competitions and it's like, well, they are different events in every single competition. So what, I'm just going to program in like every single one on this weird undulating program, which has got like every single... You're like, fuck no, dude. You're just going to pick it up, see how your body feels, work on your technique, slowly increase on this and just go from there like i think it's very interesting because powerlifting you can be like okay i know i've got this 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 but done yeah easy. You, have,
1: you have three lifts right yeah. and if if one of those lifts isn't in the meat you don't have a powerlifting <laughs> <laughs> like, it's easy yeah it's easy <laughs>
0: yeah, so. but strongman's like a whole different fucking ball game right. like it's yeah. crazy so I, I, i'm interested in, like obviously you've learned through like self-experience and how your body feels and that's probably taken a decent amount of time of like self-realization of like okay, I actually need this much time before a competition or for a competition, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. but like what what was the journey for, for you in terms of really understanding what your body needed to perform at its best? because I think again in your space, it's also probably very different.
1: You know what? (laughs) Honestly, I don't know if I'm at my best yet, so I'm still kind of
0: playing with that. (laughs) Well, I I, I use the term as like the best as for that you can be right now. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's all the same, most of the same thing. Um, You know,
1: obviously food and rest, those are the things that are hardest. It's easy to train. It's hard to eat. It's hard to sleep when you got all this – other shit going on, you know, that you could easily get distracted by, right? Like you got social media, you got work, you got TV, you got all this crap, you got, you know, politics and all this nonsense. So you got a lot of stuff that will, you know, take you away from the sleep. Um, I, I honestly, I think the most important thing is to let your body recover. You know, you can't go hard all the time. You can't like, you just can't. I, I, uh, I love, don't get me wrong, I love lifting heavy weights and if that's all I had to do I'd be a happy camper, right? Yeah, I got I'd a replica sitting right over here that I'd love to just use that only, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes you gotta pick up the freaking 35 pound kettlebell and do 5,000 overhead presses you know, because there's other things that are involved, you got shoulder You know, you got joint health, you got tendon health, you got ligament health, you got, you know, muscle recovery, you know, it's you know all of this stuff, but for me, and as I said before, I'm not special. So, all of the basic same things that a normal athlete or an able bodied athlete would do, I do. It's the same stuff. It's just I don't train my right arm. <laughs> That's it.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I also want to just quickly, while you say that, I'm pretty sure I read something today that was it, it was uh, in the, the Highland Games, was it not, where you placed in the able bodied as well yeah. and you're like this motherfucker yeah. literally coming yeah. coming along and placing with like complete able-bodied athletes so it's like oh, you, I- you say that you dude you say that and then you do shit like that do you know what I mean <laughs> well, One of the things I do is
1: I do compete against able-bodied guys depending on the events and that's one thing that I've been uh really excited for actually coming up here is the strap has given me the ability to train and pretty much do almost every event for an able body like nationals competition so you might see me eventually in a strongman nationals competition against all everybody else
0: dude i would love that <laughs> um, so I much
1: mean, well here's the thing we we do a lot of adaptation for the strongman events or just for adaptive athletes in general which are important because you know there are certain things you can't do But I also feel like it's important to do the events, if possible, the same as able bodies, because it's even that more of a spectacle. And the idea is to get as many eyeballs as possible so we can grow the sport, grow the community, get more. You know, if people don't know, they're not going to try to do it. Right. So there's a whole shit ton of people out there that are probably in the same situation as me, some form or another, that have no idea that even strongman is possible. Right. Because it's never been. It's never been presented to them. Yeah. In any way, right? So so you know, eventually if I can do something insane and get on like the rogue stage or something, or like like Martin Ty, for instance, doing that seated deadlift with five hundred fifty insane. Right. So what if I get on the stage and deadlift a thousand pounds, you know, with a strap? Kind of thing, right? So that's kind of where this whole thing is going and I'm I'm getting pretty excited because my numbers are going up and you know <laughs> i'm getting stronger and all of that stuff
0: do you feel like f- the that, that this this is almost for you like in your like history this is like this the moment of self-realization where you're like oh like i thought like this was where i could get to and now i've hit the strap and now i've realized this is where i can get to absolutely yeah. i was i was I was in a holding
1: pattern for quite a while because I I did, like I said, this, the, the deadlift strap is, I can't say it enough. That has really changed everything for me. And the, uh, I was in a holding pattern for a little while where it was real hard to accept praise because I didn't feel like I was really strong comparatively to an able body athlete of the same size. Like I'm not doing the same things, even though, yeah, I get it. They're more difficult and there's stuff like that. But I feel like I had the potential to do or get close to what, you know, the top echelon able body guys are doing within reason, obviously for certain events and stuff, but you know, why can't I do half the weight on an Atlas stone that a that a two armed guy can do? Right? I've already done two fifty. There's I don't I don't see why three hundred pounds is gonna be that, you know, far out I mean then that's half of what Stolman did, right? Yeah. six hundred two pounds or whatever, right? Why not? <laughs> so I love that. That, that's the kind of that's the kind of that's kind of where I'm going with with things and you know I it's it'll be great for uh, the whole adaptive community in strength sports because the adaptive guys in like uh, CrossFit already have a pretty big presence. There's quite a big competition and stuff for them. They do the Invictus Games and you know that's that's pretty huge. There's a lot more guys doing that stuff and gals uh, doing the CrossFit stuff and I think it's just because. Just because, I mean, you know, the strength community in general is smaller, and you know, you, yeah. there's not that. You know, I get that, but there's no reason why there can't be, you know, a televised adaptive competition at some point. With some, you know, crazy, crazy bastards lifting some madness weights with straps and.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but know, but whatever. but like uh, again, I think I think we're going that way. You know, I I had Martin Martin Ty was on the show. He was actually um, not too long ago, and and kind of talking about growing. Uh, obviously growing the sport in general and that's something that i think you can you can really 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 tell especially from the disabled uh, strongman strongman side of things is that there is such an inherent passion to just try and expand the sport and grow the sport above all else that that in turn, is then infused with all these crazy dreams that you motherfuckers have of being like, well, why can't I do that? And then so, go on national television and show the world that I can do that, and then get all these eyes on me and let everyone go, oh! I didn't even realize this was a thing! What?
1: Yeah, so uh, last weekend, I uh, we have Denny Ring um, uh, replicas. Oh,
0: I saw it. with a mix grip man what the fuck that was gnarly
1: so so me and uh steve schmidt lifted 1300 pounds but what you didn't see after that is i took both of the the dinny stones uh one strapped and one with my hand and gave them a shot and ended up doing 740 i think with with the dinny stones. so if this if this works out and uh rogue ever opens again they have replicas there which i'm gonna go give a shot and then at that point i'll go uh over to Scotland and be the first disabled guy in history to ever lift the dinning stone.
0: Oh that's and, uh, so sick.
1: So that's, that that's so sick. That's kind of stuff that I'm like, listen, you, you just because we are we have a disability or something doesn't mean you can't go try the crazy strength challenges. Like that and like the Housafell. That'll be another one that I'm gonna try. I've yeah. got a
0: strap. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Dude I saw that. That looks so crazy. How, like, so, in terms of, like, I, th- I think this is the the other thing that really interests me is that, obviously, you've got all these different manufacturers, what, especially now, you've got some different manufacturers that bring out different bits of kit. One, how is, like, the adjustment period to, like, getting used to, like, a different form of uh, adaptive lifting, whether that be the strap? Two, how much of it is actually how well it's manufactured and designed? And three, how much do you think it is? actually kind of can give you if done well
1: uh obviously if anything's personalized it's going to work drastically better right um and funny story is so the the company that makes the lifting strap that i use is called equip products um they make a lot of other things for adaptive athletes uh specifically in the uh crossfit world they make um they make like a, a pad, you know, for seated guys so they can do clean and presses. Put the bar on their legs. They make a uh, they make a hook for the uh, uh, for the rower for one-handed athletes. So it hooks the handle and then you pull that. They make a one-handed jump rope. Um, they make the deadlift strap, and uh, I'm not sure what else. But so uh, I get on there and I and I get a hold of them. And I'm like, hey, I need the biggest strap that you have, probably. So I get the extra large, right? And uh, They sent it to me. I start using it. it. I had to have an extension because I still have like a 50 inch chest So they couldn't you know, they didn't fit <laughs> So I use an extension. I start working with it. This was the you know, the first iteration like very beginning of the strap yeah. um, I start working with it. I start to test things like the frame carries and the uh, uh, the farmer carries and uh, the standard deadlift and all of that stuff, right? So I realized that I can do all these lifts now, and I can do all the moving events as well with the strap, because for whatever reason, I can still balance it with it, and <laughs> I can even do the uh, farmer carries, too, you know, two farmer carries now with that just dangling over there. I don't know, it, but it works. So I start doing all that. Um, the frame weight starts coming up into like the 700 pound range, And I'm doing picks with it, you know, figuring it out. And I start to tear the harness. (laughs) Um, The strap was, uh, it had single stitching on it. Oh,
0: shit.
1: The new one that I have, obviously, you can see is pretty beefy and has double stitching on it. So so what I did was I I reached out to Equip Products. I was like, hey, I'm doing this with this. And, And, you know, the response was, holy shit. We never expected anybody to go over five hundred pounds with this thing, right? So they built one typically for me <laughs> um, so that I could continue on and, and you know what? I mean it's been the biggest I can no matter what, if anybody asks me like I get you know, I get messages online a lot about the strap. I mean, I'm straight to them. They they <laughs> they changed quite a bit for me with that and uh, and then doing the custom build for the larger sized one really, really made a difference. And so uh, yeah, now that it, it, well, we're still testing it and see if I can break it or
0: not. <laughs> that that That's ultimately the test, isn't it? Is that it's not about how much weight you can lift. It's just you testing what the weight 10 t- tensile strength is of all of these products. <laughs> yep. And, you know, they made it out of
1: like seatbelt material. So, so, you know, it, the the strap itself is pretty much, you know, unbreakable. It's really the, the attachment strap that they, you know, that they use. So yeah yeah That's I it was crazy. just kind of funny to, to get the reaction of like well we never expected anybody to do that stuff I'm like yes
0: yeah that was, what I was looking for yeah yeah
1: yeah and
0: tick the box yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so times are so gonna surprise someone yeah. else for the day <laughs>
1: Back to the equipment thing yeah the more personalized it is because now it fits around my chest and everything it's just easier to put on it, it stays snug on my shoulder better because you know fatter straps and all that stuff works Way better. So So yeah, as equipment evolves, you know, all of all of the athletes will evolve for sure.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's the exciting thing as well, isn't it? Like, especially as you guys put more and more drive and passion in towards this and get more eyes on board, it's like the whole industry, uh, you know, is just gonna continue to to grow and grow and grow and that's gonna hopefully bring in more sponsorship, it's gonna bring in more manufacturers, it's gonna bring in so much more, which is just it just feeds into itself. It's like you are talking right at the beginning. It's like a positive habit loop. Do you know what I mean? You guys do more crazy things, more eyes, more money. You guys want to do even crazier things, more money, more yeah. eyes. Yeah. Oh, the
1: the other thing I'd like to actually kind of put out there is I think there's a misconception that adaptive or disabled athletes are more susceptible to getting hurt or they're, you know, the, the risk involved for them to compete is more. And I would like to, put this out there that it's exactly the same as anybody else. I mean, obviously there's, there's some people that have certain conditions that would, you know, put them in a higher risk category yeah. in general. In um, but, you know, uh, for me, I mean, I, my, my injury is a brachial plexus injury, right? So it's a nerve damage to the neck, and I just can't use the arm, but the rest of my body is perfectly functional. So, you know, I think that's part of the hesitation a lot with promoters and you know, just all of that stuff in general. They're like, "Oh, well they're already hurt, so they're, they're going to do something. They're 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 going to get hurt, right?" But then, you know, you look at strongmen in general and the top guys are always tearing something or <laughs> Yeah. Breaking, dude.
0: You know, always, <laughs> yeah.
1: Right, bleeding out their noses and stuff like it's the same you yeah. know, we're 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 it's pretty like, much in the same
0: category. So the I able think... body guys are allowed to like fucking hemorrhage on stage. they like blood can burst out of any orifice, they can snap whatever they want, right. like bone can go you through know. skin. The disabled guys you're like, Whoa, 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 someone so yeah, someone put some black and yellow tape
1: up. His arm. I don't know i get i get that there's liability out there and all that shit but i don't give a shit any promoter out there i will sign a freaking waiver put me on stage whatever i'll do all the lifts
0: but also do you not think like the like the from the very small amount of disabled athletes i've spoken to you guys seem like the the keen ones to do all of that crazy stuff like like because you you have that mindset you have that relentless nature like you've had to go through that shit and you're like okay cool whatever i'm over well, it let's just try and do something crazy well you know
1: the big thing is what we know that other that you know able body people don't know that you're not guaranteed tomorrow facts i mean facts. you know a lot of people know that i i get that but we really really know that you're not guaranteed tomorrow you know it changes you, things you could wake up one day and not be able to use an arm so what are you gonna do you then? Know, I, what is that mark bellism where he says you know you might as well live like a savage while you can because everybody's headed toward a wheelchair you know might as well <laughs> don't wait you know get after it
0: yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and i I think you know I, I I personally think it's it's really really interesting to see. Just how much, like, I I feel like this, if anything, has kind of, like, brought this out of you even more. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, to an extent, you have done as great a job as you possibly could in the space that you're in and what you're trying to work towards that I don't, well, A, I don't think necessarily a lot of people that would put in your position what will always necessarily do i think that is most definitely a psychological thing and i think that is that is massive massive commitment to you and your mental strength and your hardship to just keep on fucking going no matter what like do you know what i mean like you definitely definitely have to have that because there are a lot of people that are put in that position where you know they're, they're brought to a near-death experience and it does change them and you know i'll be the first one to say that i've been around people that have been in that situation it hasn't necessarily changed them for the better because psychologically it can get the better of you but It seems like you have used this as your superpower and I've heard you use that before and I find that so fucking interesting that you are like, yeah, like this is the thing that gives me the power that allows me to do shit that even able-bodied athletes can't do. That to me, dude, psychologically is (laughs) mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I do, you know, I... Because of my upbringing and just everything that I did, you know, growing up, I think that has a lot to do with just the fact that I refused to, to give up, you know, stubborn. my, I mean, I, you know, I, you learn what your parents do. My, you know, my, some, my mom is, my, my mom is stubborn. And so I got that, you know, and <laughs> so that carried over into, you know, fuck you, I will not quit, you know? And, uh, and there was, so when I started powerlifting, I ran into a, a guy who, who really kind of—he was the only one that sort of like decided that okay, well, we'll give this kid a shot because I was in a, uh, I was in a gym where sort of like the, uh, like the West Side guys that had left West Side were at, so this was pretty hardcore place, you know. And I walked into this place at like 190 pounds, <laughs> at six foot two, so I was like a beanpole. <laughs> like, well, what is this? What is this guy doing here? Like what the hell are you doing here? And, uh, you know, I just kept going back and never, you know, didn't quit. Eventually one of the, one of the guys started training with me and taking me out of the wing. And then after that period of time, my first geared powerlifting meet, I ended up squatting like 700 pounds in front of Louis Simmons. And he told my buddy that he said, you know, that's one of the most insane, impressive things I've seen ever. And a you know, Louis doesn't give anybody any compliments. At all. And I told. I had no idea what that meant at the time, none, wow. because I was brand new, and I was like, "What? What is? Wh- I, I? don't know. Okay. I mean, I just, I, I, don't, I tried hard. Bro, you
0: just been knighted by like the fucking like the cor- like right. the absolute absolute pinnacle no, of like powerlifting.
1: My, my buddy told me that at the meet. I was like, "Oh, okay," and I didn't really understand it until years later when you know I was like, <laughs> yeah, "Oh." Yeah that's who that was you know like, yeah <laughs> and then, and I always look back to that stuff you know that helps self-motivate me too it's like oh okay well you know I don't it's not a it's not a um you know it's so so one of the things that happens as a disabled athlete or an adaptive athlete they're oh well you're real strong because you know com, you know for that yeah. you know like oh well you're disabled so you know that's even extra strong i'm like no fuck you i'm just strong yeah you know, like yeah period period yeah and so that helped kind of like push that along too you know because because that matters right your confidence in yourself will help spur you getting even stronger after that so
0: a hundred percent dude a hundred percent and i think you know lifting as much as it is a physical exertion it is also an exercise of your mind do you know what i mean like you have to know that when you get into the hole on that squat, that you are coming up, and that, and you're going to rack that fucking bar again. Because if you go down with even a like a hint of hesitation, and you've got several hundred pounds on your back,
1: that ain't happening.
0: Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 You better get out from underneath that bar pretty quick. <laughs> so I, I think you're 100 percent right. Like you have to once you've cemented that in there. It's so much easier to then materialize it in the real world. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and again, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you use like visualization and, and stuff like that, especially around competition time? Are you not really into that sort of stuff?
1: I uh, I do, depending on kind of what I'm doing. But really, I kind of just let it go and and do. The, I just let my body do its thing. You know, like I just try that. to. I just try to. I try to not get. I don't. I you know, if I get too. I've no. Okay, so if I get too jacked up for a, you know for a lift, if I get, try to excite myself and just get real, you know, amped. get, the, get the, yeah, just get real amped. Uh, I usually fail.
0: Dude, I'm the same. I talk about this on the show all of the fucking time. I have to listen to like classical music in a warm up no. area because I just get. I get too yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, I'll throw on some '80s, like old school '80s music, and just like, and then go right. <laughs> and, uh, so you know, for me, calm, cool, collected, and fucking laser focused gives me the gives me the edge.
0: Oh, bro, so, that's yeah. I'm so glad I found someone else that's like similar to me in that. Aspect. That's it's amazing. Like, kind of like,
1: kind of like you know, like a, a slow, steady squeeze of that trigger, and you you know, you yeah. got that target. It's, that's thousand it. yards away. You know? Yeah, yeah.
0: Ball's That's eye. really what
1: it is for me. I the getting super jacked just doesn't, you know. And honestly, I heard something the other day. I can't remember who was talking about it, but it was like lift specific. So like, if you're doing a real heavy technique uh, lift, like for instance, like a a monster bell for me, right? Because I got to get it to the knee, kick it up to the elbow, shoulder, and just yeah. just all this shit involved. Getting too amp for that screws me up. But now, with the strap, getting it getting a little bit more jacked toward the deadlift actually gives me a little bit more pull. So it's like it, it's starting to become kind of event specific.
0: Okay. So I
1: noticed I have noticed that uh, a little bit. Um, I still, though, really always kind of lean toward just smooth and focused.
0: And yeah, yeah I we- feel like I have to be the exact same, but it's like. Yeah. Like, someone that I use uh, as a reference is, like, Terry Hollands. Like, when I watch Terry Hollands' deadlift, I'm like... It looks like whenever he... Like, obviously, he's been doing it for years and he has an incredible deadlift. But it looks like whenever he attacks the deadlift, he's just... He doesn't give a fuck. He's just ripping that bar off of the ground. And it's coming up with him whether it fucking likes it or not. <laughs> and that's what I love about Terry. I absolutely love it. Because it's just, like, this crazy, like, ape strength where he's just, like, ripping off the floor. But, obviously, there is technique to it. But it's nowhere near as crisp and as clean as someone like, I don't know, Adam Bishop, for example, who is, like, so perfect, symmetrical, everything's timed perfectly, and it's like, you get them next to each other and you're like, is this even the same lift?
1: Yeah, like I like we said at the very beginning of this, it's specific for the person. And that's proof. Yeah, I just...
0: Yeah, always, I,
1: I can't do the hate metal or the, you know, all of... I always hated that. <laughs> Yeah, like that was a big thing in the powerlifting world. It was always some like, <laughs> <laughs> like shit off, and I'll do my lift,
0: and put it back on. Has anyone got any Barbara Streisand back there? Come on, like I need to get my funk on. This isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> oh, jeez, amazing, 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 amazing. Now, I, uh, I love to wrap up the podcast in the same way uh, with everyone, and I think it's very, very interesting, especially from where. You've come from the journey that you've been on, but I want you to imagine uh, for a moment that you are stepping into a time machine and you are going back in time and you step out and you're greeted with your younger self, 10, 11, 12, 13 years of age, very formative age of your life. Obviously, you know everything that you have is coming your way for your future and you get to spend a few moments with your younger self. And talk to them, communicate with them, impart with them some wisdom, knowledge, a mantra to live by, a way to live your life, a bit of advice that's going to help you get through all of the shit that you know that you have got to face. In the few moments that you have sat there with them, what do you tell them? What do you give to them?
1: I think I'd probably just stay quiet. The big thing for me is I don't think I'd be in the situation I'm in or the position I'm in or the just anything where I'm at. If I hadn't gone through all the trials, I wouldn't be me now. I don't know what I would be then. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I don't go back. I only go forward. So yeah, I don't, I don't think I, that's a real tough question for me. Cause I really don't know if I would, I would say anything cause I wouldn't want to, I, I wouldn't want to ruin where I am now. Yeah. Never know what you would say. Like what well, maybe that would change thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I, I and I say that too because it's like that would be like me saying, Okay, well, what if I went back and said, Okay, don't get on the motorcycle that day? Then I wouldn't be me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I think I think that's very, very interesting. I think it was it was it's very interesting the 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 response that you gave there because you know, I I think that you're 100% right in what you've said, where it's like if you didn't go through all of that stuff, you wouldn't be who you are today. I completely agree with that. You know, trauma 100% builds our character, and that road from trauma to, you know, whatever our form of normality is also builds character in a tremendous way as well, and it shapes you as a human being and an individual. And I think one thing that you can see that has come out of all of this is that you really, 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 really love to bring the awareness of that. like, just because you have this thing or this thing happened to you or you can't quite work your body in the way that you used to, like, it doesn't fucking matter. Because you have, like, the now, you have here, you have the moment, you have the time to express yourself, whether it's on the the stage or on the podium or in the gym or, you know, with your loved ones. Like, I think that is the the most important thing. And I love, love, love that you preach that because I think especially now at this day and age in 2020, where we are, we need to fucking hear that shit more than ever, man. And I am so, so thankful that we have people like you, especially on social media that are actually promoting what we should be talking about and the vision for the future and how we can all grow together as human beings. Because at the end of the day, that's what we should do. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah definitely move forward not backwards
0: i love that james thank you so much for coming on the show man it's been an absolute pleasure having you on board dude i'm sure we uh, will get you on again at some point because there's there's plenty of things to talk about and i know for a fact there are going to be some absolutely disgusting records broken in the next 365 days and i for one am fucking excited oh
1: yeah right on <laughs> yeah i'm uh, ready to go let's get it going <laughs>